Welcome everyone. I am so glad that you could join me for a general good time. I want to welcome each and every one of you into this space and I am beyond excited and grateful to have you all present in this moment with me. With that being said, I wanted to introduce this week's topic. As the title suggests, this is actually part two of the mini series titled All About Body, Body Image, Anti-Fatness, and Desirability. This will be a multiple part series inspired by the first book in the trilogy by Bell Hooks titled All About Love, New Visions, which was published in 2000. Each week we will be exploring a range of different topics including but not limited to the following body image and self-esteem family relationships trauma etc these will not be in sequential order however some episodes will reference elements of previous episodes but please do not feel pressure to watch every single part of this series as some topics may be potentially triggering nonetheless it's still important to cover so please do what you have to do to take care of yourself and feel free to check out other lighter episodes if you need before we dive into today's topic, I just wanted to give a big shout out and thank you to all of my lovely listeners. Whether it's your first time tuning in or if you've been following me from the start, thank you so, so much for your support, especially with the mini series. I really have appreciated all the feedback that I've received. Shout out again to Eli and Sarah for participating. I know it was a really intense topic, but it definitely was a fun one to record, fun one to share with you all. And I'm really glad that you all enjoyed it. So just gives me a lot of motivation and excitement to continue the series before we dive into the topic i also wanted to just be transparent with you all about just the reason why i chose the order that i did at first initially i didn't think that i had like a really deep reason as to why i did so but i think it was just because in particular desirability politics and body image is intimately tied in with love and relationships correct and so i wanted to speak about not only my experience but I'm citing authors that you know share their own experience with anti-fatness and anti-blackness and I really wanted to shout out and highlight the works of black LGBTQ folks who are really paving the way within the movement and so you know a lot of the sources that I'm going to be referring to and I'm going to make sure that they're in the bio come from you know black women black queer folks black trans folks just you know people in general because they have a lot of insight and and particularly anti-fatness is intimately tied in with anti-blackness and so I also wanted to highlight one of the amazing activists and authors that I'll be citing throughout the episode and so their name is Deshaun L. Harrison and so Deshaun is a fat activist, black and trans advocate who is also an author of the book Belly of the Beast and so it just came out last year and I highly recommend purchasing the book. I'm still personally working my way through it and I've been following them for quite a while now and they are really phenomenal, wonderful speaker, amazing writer and author and so I wanted to shout them out because I will be referencing their previous works in today's episode and you know alongside other amazing black creators and authors and so I want to make sure that I shout them out and so all the credit and all the sources will be linked in the episode description so please make sure to send them love and support but yeah so let's begin first things first I wanted to start off with an article on psychology today about body image First things first, let's define body image. So according to the article on Psychology Today, body image is the mental representation an individual creates of themselves, but it may or may not bear any relation to how one actually appears. So body image is subject to all kinds of distortions from the attitude of one's parents, other early experiences, internal elements like emotions or moods, and other factors. The severe form of poor body image is body dysmorphic disorder, where dissatisfaction over a slight or undetectable defect in appearance becomes a severe 
severe obsession. So I just wanted to make a note of this. So body image, I think, is also intimately tied in with external expectations from society. So institutions such as media and particularly social media, I think the advent of social media has like largely widened the scope of what these expectations are for our body basically it's exasperated the issue is what i wanted to say and so body image is not only just something that is internally reflected it's largely emphasized again by external society so you know media is constantly portraying a certain image that is desirable and that is considered the standard of beauty and so obviously this is very unequal right in terms of the way that individuals are impacted because you know body image and what is considered the ideal standard is largely predetermined by how the society is structured. So we live in a anti-black, anti-fat society, right? That is based off of white supremacy. And so clearly we emphasize Eurocentric beauty standards and we consider that the norm or what is considered dominant, right? And so when we're talking about body image in particular, it is not only a internal issue, right? It is an ideological and institutional issue as well that can reproduce what we consider is perfect by societal standards right and so obviously societal standards are very heavily skewed and they're not super accurate and so when we're talking about the body image particularly poor body image there's a lot of dangers that can come with that right and so again psychology today also talks about how poor body image can impact you in terms of your performance in your academics in your career overall relationship satisfaction and your quality of life right it doesn't necessarily seem like a big thing or a big deal because you know some people can say that oh it's just it's just your body image it's not really a big deal right but you know every day that we we exist we exist in our bodies right and so it's also talking about like the way that you see yourself and the language that you use when you're describing yourself you have to be very careful right the reason why i wanted to bring up body image and self-esteem in general was because i wanted to talk about anti-fatness as a whole and so i first wanted to just kind of give you all a basic definition of body image so that we're working with the same definition throughout the episode when we're talking about you know, distortion and body dissatisfaction, right? I want to preface that body dysmorphic disorder, right, as categorized by the DSM-5 is not the same as like anti-fatness, right? I want to preface that I am not at all an expert on this topic and I recommend checking out the sources that I've listed as well as doing your own research for this but I do want to preface that when it comes to body dysmorphic disorder it is a mental health disorder categorized by a minor or and I want to emphasize imagined flaw or really critical self-perception that is very obsessive that you become obsessive over and so i believe that there is a distinction between this and anti-fatness in particular because i often hear that some people like to say that they feel like they have bdd which is short for body dysmorphic disorder because they think that they are bigger when they're not right or they're scared of being fat or they're you know a lot of it is obsession over weight in terms of fear of getting bigger because we live in such a anti-fat society it's become so normalized to use this kind of language and i think that you know when it comes to something like bdd which is a real mental health disorder that impacts all bodies not just thin bodies you have to be very careful about what kind of language that you use and i just want to make that distinction from the jump so with that out of the way i just want to dive a little bit more into why i use the term anti-fat 
as opposed to fat phobia. And so I'm going to be referring to this article posted on self by your fat friend. I believe they also have a Twitter. So go ahead and follow them and show them love. But this article is titled, I'm a fat activist. I don't use the word fat phobia. Here's why. So I want to preface for myself before I quote the article that I actually you know didn't know this i use fat phobia because for me i understood that as a term to kind of describe the prejudice experienced as a fat individual however you know i do want to preface that i'm always constantly growing and there's always room for change right and so i definitely want to take into consideration folks who have been fat activists for many years and so you know i definitely want to to consider that especially if the language that i'm using is potentially harmful and so in this article your fat friend says that they say that fat phobia is an appealing term because it's self-explanatory easily defined as fear of fatness and fat people you know it fits the template of other phobias and other stuff like that such as like homophobia transphobia etc and so it's very common right the reason why they said that they've moved away from using fat phobia as a term to describe anti-fatness uh one they say that discriminatory attitudes are not a mental illness right and so oppressive behavior is not the same as a phobia so phobias can refer to real mental illnesses and so conflating them with oppressive anti-fat attitudes and behaviors can invite a greater misunderstanding of mental health issues this kind of relates to what the point that you know i'm talking about when it comes to bdd and the mis the conflation between the two because we live in a society that is so anti-fat that again when people talk about not wanting to be fat that they don't realize that that's very 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 dangerous you know attitudes and behaviors that i don't think is is you know coming from a malicious standpoint but regardless of intentions right it's very important to recognize that behavior and to discourage that behavior at any point right because it is definitely you know according to this article too whether we mean it or not describing bigotry as a phobia can increase the stigma that people with mental illnesses already face and so your fat friend in this article makes a good point because they say that for them avoiding the term fat phobia is about refusing to pit marginalized communities against one another and prioritizing harm reduction they also make another good point that people who already hold these anti-fat attitudes they don't think of themselves as being afraid of fatness or fat people right and so because phobia is inherently defined as things that you're afraid of by calling it fear it like delegitimizes and almost minimizes the anti-fat bias and creates a justification for the actions that from people who reject you know make fun of mock you know even you know cause harm towards fat people and so you know definitely doing that and i also think that it also becomes a thing of where people can kind of say similar to like other things when they're like oh i'm not homophobic i'm not this phobic right it's very easy for people to kind of dismiss the issue by saying that they're not fat phobic and i think because fat phobia you know the term is also quote unquote very much like personal when you're talking about your own experiences and while that's not a bad thing i think that the issue with anti-fatness is that it is a institutional issue as well it is a external issue and it's an issue that society profits off of and also just is built off of and so i think that you know the final point that your fat friend makes in this article that's really important is that the choice of what language to use is deeply personal and so you know it no matter what you end up deciding to use it's very important that you're aware of the meaning and aware of the, the target of those words as well as what people are talking about and so i think it's very important that people are mindful of what kind of language regardless if people use 
fat phobia or anti-fatness i think it's very important that people are aware of the language that they use now that we've covered a little bit more about being intentional with language i also wanted to talk and transition into talking about desirability and so when we're talking about the politics of desirability right i think that it is applicable to many different bodies types and experiences and and stuff like that but i think that in this episode i want to be very intentional that the definition that i'm working with is in reference to fat bodies in particular and actually it's it's specifically in reference to fat black bodies too and so i want to acknowledge the work of Deshaun Harrison again. So they actually wrote an article in 2019 published on their website uh, talking about desirability. So the title of this article is titled Desirability. Do you really love fat people when you can't even see us beyond the political? And so in this article, they talk about their own experiences being fat. And on top of that, they're also black. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, intersections between that. And then they also talk about desirability. I'm going to be quoting directly from the article in which they define desirability politics as the methodology through which the sovereignty of those deemed conventionally attractive, beautiful, or arousing is determined. Put another way, the politics of desire labels that which determines who gains and holds both social and structural power through the affairs of sensuality, often predicated on anti blackness, anti-fatness, transmisogyny, cissexism, queer antagonism, and all other structural violence. And so when I define this, right, it sounds like it's a lot, but it's definitely a reality for many people. And so like I mentioned earlier, desirability impacts multiple different identities and multiple different experiences right and i think that deshaun definitely covers this in their article and it's a really great article i highly recommend checking it out all the sources that i've listed is again down below they're super wonderful amazing speaker amazing author go check out their most recent book that really dives deep into the intersection between anti-fatness and anti-blackness so i highly recommend so with that definition of desirability i wanted to just talk about my own personal experiences and just talk about why it's very important to just kind of know what some of the concepts are and to be again self-aware about you and your own kind of like place and how you describe these things your own feelings right so before we dive a little bit more into my own personal experience i also wanted to address the hiatus so again this is part two of the mini series i want to thank everyone again for coming in and tuning in to support the podcast in general i literally would not have been able to do it without you all and again uh it's really hard i just started my new role about last week and it's been a good experience of course like i'm very lucky and grateful but at the same time i feel like i'm using it not as an excuse but it is true i have not been posting as consistently i feel like with this episode in particular it was hard for me to kind of gather my thoughts because it is a comprehensive topic and also just in general like it it's hard to just you know have something that is also comprehensive while it's also kind of like talking about my own experiences so i wanted something that was a little bit more structured like i almost felt pressured to do that but i know that regardless like thank you all whether it's your first time tuning in or you know you've been here from the start like thank you for your constant support it really like i i really truly appreciate it and I want to try to continue to post once a week, but I think that holding myself to such a strict schedule, especially when I'm, you know, working and going to school, uh, it's probably not as realistic. So 
I do want to try to at least post once a month, right? I think that's probably going to be a more realistic schedule for myself. Although, you know, I think that I definitely so i want to pose that question off to you all so i'll put it in a poll too like if you all want to kind of just have more informal episodes and maybe just for the mini series have it come out once a month as opposed to once every week uh just let me know um of course for me it's gonna be i mean i would love to have it all in a consistent schedule you know as a virgo we're all perfectionists for sure anyways just let me know so yeah anyways so in terms of this topic like i've mentioned before so i've talked openly and candidly about some of my identities so that includes like you know being asian american and then i've also talked about my mental health issues and also talking about uh in particular my eating disorder and so given the context of that i also wanted to talk about my relationship with my body in particular outside of the context of my eating disorder of course my eating disorder is a relatively new diagnosis and so granted i've been living with it for a very long time i just didn't have the language nor did i really have the the understanding that that that's what it was and so i kind of want to dive into you know my relationship with my body and in particular my fatness and i think the reason why it was so complicated um is because growing up it right it it was very internalized where you because growing up as a like at least for me right i kind of believe in this philosophy where i think that you grow up as a blank slate right i think your environment kind of can influences the way that you see yourself right and i think well society to your culture and how you know how how people kind of like raise you right obviously there are traits that you can't necessarily change and you know you can't necessarily like choose what situation that you come from and so you know i want to acknowledge that but i think that in this case right for me i've always been big right and i don't think i saw that as a problem right until other people made it a problem like i was never hyper i became that's the thing about it it was that i think for a lot of people i became hyper aware of my body from a very young age but i don't think that i was born right i don't think anybody really is necessarily born thinking that they are a certain way right and so being socialized into that i became hyper aware of my body at a young age uh not only from my fellow peers but also from my family from those who raised me and i think that in general i i too internalized messages right and so i think with growing up as being bigger so i do want to preface that i also was taller than everybody else too so you know being asian i think culturally especially as women the beauty standard is very eurocentric right and so i want to acknowledge that because of colonialism there's a lot of eurocentric like white like basically colorism too and anti-blackness that was was kind of like interwoven between the fabrics of what is deemed as beautiful right but there are very distinct cultural features such as being small right and there was almost this this idea and an assumption that there was only one way to be asian and and to look asian and for women in particular that was to be very small and so from the jump right even i was a kid i was hyper aware and i was made to be aware like i said that i was bigger and so i didn't necessarily see that as a problem until constantly being picked on not only for my size right the way that i carried myself and i also 
want to preface that it's very interesting that it's really really weird too but i think that you know i'm not the i don't think i'm the only one to experience this and i want to preface that i hold privilege as a cis person and so i identify uh as a woman and a cis woman in particular and i use she her pronouns and so you know there have definitely been moments in my time where i have questioned my gender identity right but for me you know i've always been comfortable right identifying as a woman but i think because of my fatness and the reason why i wanted to bring up desirability politics in particular is because the intersection of my fatness has also made me lose my femininity or be read as less feminine and so right people are like oh well what's the problem right well for me i identify as femme so i consider myself more feminine but i think because people can only see what's on the surface right and on the outside right it's very easy for them to come up with their own conclusions and what i mean by this is that they only see me as a fat person right automatically they deem me as more masculine almost and and it's as as fucked up as that sounds right it's true and it's very harmful it's actually caused me to doubt you know my own identity and my own expression and it's almost made me want to kind of conform into what i deem as socially acceptable and i also think that because so often you know in media culturally growing up that fatness is seen as undesirable that i've also internalized that right where i don't think it was necessarily intentional or whether or not i like subconsciously did it but i felt as though i had to almost emphasize like other aspects of my identity that had nothing to do with desirability so because i couldn't necessarily rely on desirability to allow for me to flourish in society right that i had to basically either work on my personality work on other traits right um almost be that comfort friend be that support system be the supporting character to my own story and i think that that is very sad right i think that everyone deserves to be in the main character of their own story but i think that that's not always the case i think because you know you grow up in a society that doesn't deem you as attractive and blames you and almost paints it as a problem that is not structural and that is not backed by society and institutions and that it's more uh something that is personal responsibility and something that you choose to be in almost that yeah that they frame it like that it's very 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 like insidious i think in my my opinion i also think that you know even for myself i struggle to this day right with feelings of that's the thing about it is that what's really gross and i think you know that's so sad about it too is that you know you can't really blame people particularly fat folks for not trusting and not you know wanting to or just being like burnt out and tired you know i think especially when it comes to the conversation around desirability it only reaches a certain point where like you start to internalize the messages that maybe you that you you know 
you are unworthy right because it starts off as okay so you're not attractive right so maybe you don't fit into quote-unquote conventional beauty standards that's fine but what happens then if it's like especially like for instance if your social capital is reliant on your appearance right what happens then if you're not attractive then you're nothing right then it starts to become this question of like self-worth and like everything like that you know i understand that everybody has insecurities right but this unique set and 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 backed up by society kind of like sense of discrimination really is a unique and dark and destructive and very harmful way to depict it and i think that it's just it's really hard you know it's it's not easy and so yeah i think you know something that i'm working on but i'm not perfect and that's the thing about it too is that i struggle with very complex feelings because um i do want to preface that this is the heaviest that i've ever been and i think this is like now i've been in this you know my heaviest state for a few years now too and i almost feel like day to day i have to justify to myself and to those around me that there is a reason why i'm in this body or why i am remaining this big you know and even though it's nobody's business but my own i almost feel like i'm not allowed to exist in the current state that i am and be content with that i it's always a okay but you can lose weight or you should do it by this or you can do this it's never a okay that's it you know your body is your body doesn't matter how big or small or anything there's always the emphasis on on change and and like a temporary state right my fatness is always a temporary state right because the state of normalcy right should be thinness and i think that that's very toxic too but i can't help but constantly obsess or strive towards the ideal and i think it's complex too when you know you run into a situation right fat people are not a monolith and it's very nuanced right but i think sometimes you only get to a certain point where you deal with so much shit that you no longer want to be fat anymore right and i think that again i want to preface that some of the language that i'm using i'm speaking very candidly so you know at, if at any point right this is definitely very triggering and so i want to acknowledge that so i've attached below resources too if you ever feel like you know you need someone to talk to and like you need you know any resources and stuff like that please feel free to check out the national suicide hotline that i've left underneath there because you know you're not alone and there is help right I, I want to acknowledge that too so anyways i think that with this week i <sighs> i wish i had like a happy resolution when it comes to body like i've also left in like some some resources i think that the reason why i wanted to talk about body and the reason why it's really important is because body and desirability in particular for relationships is very 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 nuanced right and i think i was reminded again today when talking to a friend and she told me that she felt as though her you know whatever she perceived as fatness meant that 
she didn't feel like she was allowed or she didn't feel comfortable in her body enough to see another person almost and and you know the implications of that i was very similar too speaking for myself i i let it you know i basically allowed for those around me to say that they didn't want to be with me because they deemed my fatness as unattractive right and everybody has preferences but in this particular case it you know it becomes it gets to a certain point where it's like okay what is preferences and what is exclusionary right and you know also kind of challenge yourself as to what is anti-fat bias right and the fact that you can't even see people as anything other than undesirable and i think that you know that's kind of the bigger question so anyways um i do definitely you know i'm working towards learning to be more comfortable with my body no matter how big i am right because at the end of the day learning about you know fat activism just you know exploring fat activists and all the work that they do it is definitely a very you know healing journey and i think it's a process to help me and help you know potentially other people like come to terms with their own body because at the end of the day right our body is going to be there for us no matter what and so i think learning to kind of accept that is very important but you know people are at different places in their journey and so hopefully you know this can this can be serve as a place for people to feel safe and comfortable to talk about things that are not things that are more i guess personal but shouldn't be personal i don't know anyways thank you all for tuning in stay tuned for the next part of the series and i'm not sure when that is going to be out i don't want to make any promises because last time i did that i did not follow through so again apologies but again let me know if you all would prefer like more like breaks in between to kind of just have more light-hearted topics or let me know if you're enjoying the mini series we have reached the end of this week's podcast episode which again concludes the second part of many in this mini series. I hope you all have enjoyed it. And if you do, please consider liking, following, and sharing this as it is much appreciated. If you would be interested in being featured in this podcast and or if you have any topic ideas or suggestions, please feel free to email me at a general good time podcast at gmail.com as I check that regularly and would love to hear your thoughts. You can also send direct messages on Instagram to at a general good time podcast as we are active on there as well. Until next time, I hope you all have had a good time and a great rest of your week.